Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Glory to God. You know, we practice saying praise the Lord. What I mean by that is we, we do it on purpose around here. Because it's going, to be, it's going to be a regular part of conversation in heaven. And so you don't want to be caught behind when you get there. And the scripture says that we're to bless the Lord half the time. Oh, all times. And then, and then people say, well, I would bless him, but, you know, I got this going on and that going on. And then I would quote to you James, because that's the standard for me as well. So, so it's the standard for you. Um, count it all joy, my brethren, when everything's going right and you feel like it. You know, that's what it says in the uh, first imaginations version. <laughs> Too much? <laughs> Actually, it's just right, isn't it? You know, you're, you're, uh, we just finished this in our men's book, one of our men's books, the Never Quit One. Your, your uh, feelings will catch up with your confession and your action if you put it into practice. Your feelings will catch up. So the joy of the Lord is my weakness. It's my strength. So when we rejoice or bless the Lord, now I'm not telling you you have to you know, put on a show. You know what I mean by that? You can rejoice by saying, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I bless you. I praise you. I honor you. Now, if you're at the store and you don't want to do it out loud, then do it under your breath. Now, if you want to do it out loud, go ahead, because I've found that most of the world will cuss out loud and curse and call and use God's name in vain and every other sort of weird thing, uh, and they're unashamed about it, and I'm unashamed about the gospel, amen? I'm okay with it. I can tell. I wear my Jesus pin, you know, wherever I go to make people nervous, and... Uh, that's not true. But it does make some people nervous. They look at it and they go, you know, they sometimes go cross-eyed, you know. But if we love and we walk in love and we're not moved by any of those things, then uh, eventually the Spirit of God uh, engages with that individual. We are the carriers of the kingdom. Did you know the church building is not the body of Christ? Now, I'm thankful that the building's paid for, right? Praise the Lord, right? But you're actually the building. The only reason we got to have a building is because we can't fit all of you in your house or mine. And it's a facility where people can come, right? It's a, it's a place where we can, we're able to, to, to come together and work and function together to serve one another, but then also go out into our world that we're in and preach the gospel and be light and witness. Now, when I say preach the gospel, don't think that you have to have a three-point sermon with a closing point and an altar call at the end. That's not what I'm talking about. We are not to just go a witnessing, that's part of it. We're to be a witness. There's a difference. There's nothing wrong with going door knocking. I don't care if you preach to people on the street. I don't care how you preach the gospel. That doesn't matter to me. Those are just methods. But we are a witness everywhere we go. We're witnessing to something. It's true. Especially, 
excuse me, especially as believers, we're witnessing to what kind of mood we're in or out of the spirit. Do you know you don't have to act how you feel? Now, I'm going to prove it to you. Many of you do it all week long when somebody comes up to you and says, how you doing? And you go, I'm doing good. And you just got done yelling at your spouse in the car. <laughs> right? What did you do? Well, you don't feel like you're doing good. You, by faith, stepped out and said something else. People say, well, that's lying. Well, in that case, maybe. But the reality is, is that if we understand who we are in Christ... Now, we're not identifying after our soul, our emotion, or, this, or our natural, our flesh. How many bad things are going on in Jesus right now? Amen? Now, think about this. If any man be in Christ, he's a... Everything old is passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God. And then people say, well, then why do I feel the way I do? Because you have a soul that's unrenewed and a body that's out of control. You have a mind that is going a direction opposite of the mirror, which it's your mind, it's your job to control it. Now, I know we live in a culture of abandonment. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, it's not my fault. I don't, that's not my responsibility. We have a whole culture of this that's built into, even in those that are born again, it's still in their thinking, even though it's not in their heart. Well, I would be what I'm supposed to be, except for I have this issue and I can't control me. That's a lie. You can control you. Now, you may have developed a way of thinking and operating that is opposite of self-control, but the reality is you're going to have to take that lie to the truth, sit in front of the truth, and go, okay, Jesus, you said I have the spirit of self-control. I feel and have thought this way, but that's a lie. This is the truth. So I bring this lie under the submission of the truth. And then you begin to engage and speak and act in line with the truth. And what it's what I said earlier, the actions will actually change your feelings. Because you are not a walking feeling or emotion. You are a spirit on the inside. And your mind needs renewed, my mind needs renewed, and our body needs enslaved. Did you know that? Did you know Romans chapter 6 actually tells you to put your body into a slavery position? Romans chapter 6, go read it sometime. Actually, I did a whole series called Sanctification. It's on the website and it's on YouTube. It's all out of Romans chapter 6. You actually enslave your, your body wakes up and it goes, oh, I don't want to move today. And you go, shut up. You're going to get out of bed. You grab it by the nap of the neck. Come on, I don't care if you got to stand in front of the mirror and take some toothpicks and just prop up the corners of your mouth and go, you're going to smile, you little stinker. You're going to do it. I'm going to make you do it. Because on the outside, you may feel one way, but on the inside, where the resurrection is, there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And if it isn't there, you're not saved. But we can get you born again by the end. If you'll listen, amen? Submit to it. You've got what you need in you. 
Jesus didn't, you didn't get a little baby Jesus. I know we sang the song. <laughs> you know, people think, you know, I got, I got a miniature. You didn't get a miniature Jesus. You got the resurrection power that raised him from the dead when you were born again. And so your struggle actually is not, it's not what the enemy tries to make it out here. It's actually right here and it's solved right here. And once we understand who we are, we can begin to engage by faith, walk in the spirit through our words, through meditation in the scripture, through fellowship with the Lord, we begin to change our thinking and then our words will line up with our thinking which is being lined up with our spirit and what is released, it's the act of faith. What is released is resurrection power and that power gets into your soul, into your body, into your house, into your children, into your job, into your boss. It can actually get into your laundry. You say, I don't know if I believe that. Read the book of Acts. It got into people's laundry. It actually got out and leaked over into Peter's shadow. Amen. That all right? That's not even the message. It's the message, but it's not the message. <laughs> the devil's a liar. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody. Stop fighting me. What, you're, what, you, are, what you are resisting, you, you shouldn't be resisting what I'm saying. You should be resisting the one that's saying the opposite. But people do this all the time. And I know they do it, like they don't understand they're doing it. But Jesus is not a liar. And I'm not declaring to you my opinion. I'm declaring to you his word. So if I resist his word, what is left for reception? Okay, if I resist the truth about me and I don't embrace it, I'm not talking about you have to feel you. I got to go back to this because this is it's such a it's such a infection in the culture because of the world system and the enemy being in charge of the world system. I'm not telling you, people think, well, that's not how I feel, and once I feel it, then I'll believe it. That's opposite of faith. The Lord didn't say, once you feel it, believe it. He said, believe it, and then you'll feel it. So don't, the, the, the thing that wants to, that has been developed in your thinking by the enemy, by circumstance, by our own choice, to engage in things we shouldn't. We need to actually resist that if it doesn't line up with this. And that's spiritual warfare. In a nutshell, well, I don't feel like, I don't, you know, that doesn't seem like that's who I am, okay? That all that means is that your seamer has been renewed to a lie. <laughs> I made that word up. I, I, don't, I don't even know if that's a word. Okay. It's your soul that is engaged and embracing something that the Lord didn't say is you. This is our identity right here. Amen. Well, I felt some breakthrough on that one. Now, if you keep with this, 
Now, listen, you can't take me with you and put me in your pocket. <laughs> you know, pull me out every once in a while, like, Sean, I need some encouragement. Actually, you kind of can if you just take, go to the website of the podcast. <laughs> but, but how many want to do this? Do you want somebody else cleaning your house for the rest of your life? Putting clothes on you? Somebody said yes. <laughs> I can always count on it. I can. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that as long as you'll take the responsibility of knowing how yourself as well. Okay? Spiritually speaking, do you want to have to depend on someone else all the time? I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the Lord. We're always depending on him. Individually. Like if I always need Heidi to pick me up every day, she's got to do that. Plus she's got to take care of herself. That's unfair. Especially when I've been empowered to grow up myself. So do you always want to spiritually have your diaper changed? Come on. Come on, just put up with me for a minute here. Forgive me for the, but, or do you want to move on to where you can help somebody else? Come on, what's the difference in the hospital between the doctor and the patient? Which direction the gown is open? <laughs> Some of you are never going to forget that. <clears throat> Come on, you have the potential within you because Christ is in you to live at a place of fellowship and completeness in him. So take the truth and make it your daily life. When you say things that you know are counter to what he said about you, stop. Now, I'm not saying you have to tell everybody around you. I do this all the time in myself. No, that's not, who, that's not right, Lord. Nope, that's not who I am. You said this about me. I'm going to say that. All right? How many, so we know this is a big deal uh, in this state, like the, the oppression the, the suicide thoughts, all of those things, depression. I mean, it's just a big deal in our culture. You know, the world, and I'm not, if you're taking medication for these things, that's okay. Don't, don't worry about that. But when the medication commercial says that it will cause the thing that you're trying to get rid of. I mean, now, now I don't want any condemnation in, to anybody in here, so, so don't take this this way. I'm just saying that if you need to take that for a period, do, but start saying out of your mouth, I don't have depression because Jesus doesn't have depression, right? And then begin to say, I have joy, and that joy is my strength, and that strength is enough to where I can overcome any oppression that comes against me. Do you see that? That's faith. And it will work. Now, people say, well, how long will it take? Well, let's not worry about that, okay? Let's just patiently obey and engage with the Lord. And as we do, the answers will come. And what I mean by that is they'll manifest. 
You'll wake up one day, and I, and I heard this testimony years ago. It's such a good testimony. Let's go to Acts chapter 16. It's such a good testimony. There was a gentleman that came to a minister. Uh, he was actually an instructor at the school that I went to at Ramah. And, the, and he came to him, and he said, he said, Brother, I've been smoking for years, and I have tried to get rid of smoking, and I can't get rid of it. And he goes, I don't want to smoke these things, but I'm so addicted to them. And uh, he, said, uh, he said, he looked at the minister and he said, he said, uh, don't tell me to throw them away. I've thrown away so many packs of cigarettes. You know, he said, don't tell me to do that. It's not going to work. I just go buy more and I do it again, you know. And of course, he's, your heart goes out to people because they're trying to get free, you know. But sometimes they just don't know. And knowledge is, is uh, and insight, understanding is so vital because the enemy beats us or entraps us through deception. He doesn't entrap us through, uh, and, and through ignorance. That's the chains. So when light comes and truth comes, when understanding comes, we're able, it's a key to the lock. And we go, nope, I don't need that anymore. So what took place was, he said, I'm not going to tell you to do that. But he said, if you'll do what I tell you to do, you'll be free from those cigarettes. Now, this is going to seem so counterintuitive to the way that we naturally think. But it's a spiritual principle. And when a spiritual principle or law is put into practice that the Lord established through the covenant of his death, burial, and resurrection, it will work for you if you engage it by faith. It will. So what he did was he said, he said this, he said, um, Every time you open a pack of cigarettes, say, I'm not addicted to these. I don't need these. He said, every time you light a cigarette and start smoking it, he say, he'd say, don't, don't, don't say I'm addicted. He'd say, I'm not addicted to these. I don't need cigarettes. He said, in between drags, <laughs> within two weeks, he was completely free. He had had every minister on the planet lay hands on him. That he could find. Well, they have this breaking anointing and that breaking anointing. You have, a, you have an anointing to break things right there. Speak it. I am not impatient. See, mine isn't smoking cigarettes. It's murder. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Only when I'm driving. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, forget that. That is not who I am in the name of Jesus. <laughs> no, I am patient. Now, people around you are going to say, oh, no, I know you. And you just say, oh, no, you just don't know me yet. <laughs> it's the truth. Right? Why? Because is the Lord impatient? Oh, he's never impatient. I had the Lord tell me one day, I was working in my house, doing some things a couple of months ago. And I went into my closet I was doing some painting and stuff. And the Lord said to me, he said, Sean, I've never been impatient with you. Whew. Man, I relaxed right then. Because, you know, you have zeal for the Lord. You want to get what he wants you to do done, right? And he said, I've never been impatient with you. And I went, okay, thank you, Lord. You've never been impatient with me, which means he's never going to be. Amen. He's never going to, because love is patient, and God is love. He's never been impatient. Amen?
Acts chapter 16, verse number 6 says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Verse 7, After they had gone to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not what? He did not allow them or permit them to do that. So passing by Mycenae, verse 8, they came down to Troas, and in a vision appeared... And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. It could have been a vision. It could have been a dream. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Last week, we looked at several things. We're in the middle of a series called Hear His Voice, and we're talking about the shepherd's voice versus a stranger voice. And one of the stranger voices that I mentioned last week, straight out of these verses, was this, is that stranger voices can be zeal. You could just be so full of zeal to share the gospel to whatever that you actually miss the leading of the Holy Spirit. We know the scripture says go into all the world and preach the what? And And we're to preach it to what? Every creature, right? So why would the Holy Spirit lead Paul to do something opposite to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 16? Because we know that the words that Jesus spoke were also engaged by the Holy Spirit, correct? Because sometimes the Lord knows that in this in the sense of the the uh, the Great Commission, not you are not called to go into all the world. We are called to go into all the world. Amen. We are called to a particular region or place or 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 a particular people group. Um, we know in Galatians, and I'm not going to go there this morning. I'm just going to share it with you. You can go read the book of Galatians and see it. But Paul made this statement. He said, Peter, we concluded that Peter was called to the Jews and that I was called to the Gentiles. Well, both groups need saved, right? So God understands the giftings, the individual, you know, things that he's placed within us, our temperaments, our personalities. He understands all the variables that make us acceptable or not in different situations as far as preaching or sharing the gospel. The wonderful thing about God is he doesn't like just all, you know, one color gray fish. (laughs) People are like, where are you going with this? What if God created fish and he said there'll be light gray fish, medium gray fish, and dark gray fish? Boring. Now, the the enemy would like to conform us all into one particular image. But you know what God likes? Variety. You know, all you introverts that don't want to shout during worship, and then all the extroverts that do, God likes you both. (laughs) and then all the ones in between he likes them too you know i've met people that are totally unexpressive really i I shouldn't say totally but very reserved in their expression but love god very dearly and then i've met people that are just whoa you know what i mean they're like zero to a million in like a half a second and god loves them too there's, in other words, God has a particular place for you, and we have to be careful not to allow stranger voices to dictate where that is. Amen? Amen. So stranger voices um, can be zeal. Let's look at another one here. Let's go over to, um, let's go to Luke, the Gospel of Luke. 
And let's look at chapter 9. And then we're going to start in verse, uh, I'm going to start in verse 59. So Luke, to your left. To the left there. Luke chapter 9. And then uh, verse 59. So I want to, for my point this morning, this is what I want to share with you. Family can be a stranger voice. You ready? (laughs) People are like, I already know that. (laughs) But I want to bring some detail to it. Now remember, this is a thought that we've, we've brought about in all of this. God can lead you through people. And God can... Uh, and, the, and the enemy can try to lead you through people too. So here's what I want to emphasize with understanding this. Don't look at people. Look to God. Second thing, love people. Be patient. Um, you know, like, and I've, sometimes this has been, I've allowed this to be too frustrating to me, but in spirit-filled camps, especially with the prophetic and all of those type of things, the gifts of the spirit, sometimes that stuff frustrates me because people are running around trying, and if people don't know how to judge what's being said, there can be mess-up of people's lives. But I'm going to make a statement here that is absolutely true. Now, that doesn't mean we won't, you don't ever address those issues. You need to. So if, 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 if we're in a spirit-filled situation and people are going around doing things and it's just causing problems and they won't receive correction, there's a major problem. Well, I'm a prophet. I know God. Well, first of all, if you are and you know the Lord, he's not going to have you talk like that. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that good? It's true. The Lord, the, the, the spirit of Christ is not defiant and rebellious that's a different spirit okay so what do we need to know and this is the the truth i am responsible for my life okay i am responsible to hear from god for me should we seek counsel and hear the voice of the lord through other people absolutely But everything should be what? Weighed and judged, not in a critical way, but in in an understanding way. Like if I I walk up to Josh and I say, I believe I have a word from from the Lord for you. Now, I will always preface it with this. You need to judge this. I always do. I don't look at him and go, I'm a prophet. Shut your mouth and listen to me. If somebody does that to you, leave. Leave. Don't hang out with that. That is not, God is not in heaven going, if you don't listen to me, I'm gonna, he's not doing that. He's a gentleman. So I always preface it with that. It doesn't matter how strongly I feel it. It doesn't matter how convinced I am about it. Who's responsible before the Lord for their life? Amen. Amen. Do you see it? It's important. It's so important. So, family and all of these, they feel like they know you. Am I wrong? Is the Lord wrong? (laughs) He's right. They feel like they, so then they feel like they know what you should do. Now, 
I'm gonna qualify, I'm gonna put another qualifier on here. If you're a teenager and a kid, your parents are God to you, in a sense. In other words, the Holy Spirit is not gonna lead a child to rebel against healthy parents. I didn't say perfect. I have told my kids for years, don't worry, you'll get your opportunity to make mistakes when you have kids. I mean, I do, I just do, because I make mistakes, we make mistakes. But if I, who's responsible for me? What if I give, what if Josh, I'm gonna do it this way, what if Josh gives me a word from the Lord, I follow it and it's the wrong one? Whose fault is it? It's my fault. Okay, now apply it to you. Whose fault is it? It's my fault. Why? Because the Lord didn't say, he said to Peter concerning John, what is that to you, Peter? Follow. I'm to follow the Lord. Now, this is just just a, a tension, a balance that we have to live in. We don't have to be rude. We don't have to be disrespectful. We don't have to be, oh, see, you messed it up, Sean. I told you. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't, the Lord's not doing any of that. You know what the Lord's doing? He's going, oh, all right, let's fix this. Let's make it right. Do you see that? So stranger voices can come through family. Now look at this. Verse, uh, what did I say? Verse number 59 says this, then he said to another, follow me. This is Jesus speaking and asking somebody to follow him. But he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. What is keeping this man from following Jesus? Family. Do you see it? He said, let me first go bury my family. Now, if you look at this, Jesus expressed to the man that he would like him to become one of his disciples. This is the same invitation that was given to Peter that we had looked at at uh, previously. Now this man's response was, Lord, let me first go bury my father. Now let's understand what he was saying. The implication of this statement is that the man would follow Jesus after his father was dead or had lived out all of his days. Jesus was not looking at the man saying, no, you can't go to funerals. Amen. You know, in our culture, we look at it that way. We go, oh, because we don't understand the Jewish background. What he was saying was, is I'm going to go home. I'm going to take care of my father all the way to the end of his life. And then I'm going to come find you, Jesus, and I'm going to follow you. Which was a what? It was a stranger voice in this man's life. Because if Jesus is looking at you and saying, follow me, he understands the rest of what you have speaking to you. Amen. Do you see that? It can be a stranger voice. Now, you got to watch this because how tight are we knitted in the soul to our family? I've had family members tell me not to do a lot of things. And when I got in my prayer closet about it, the Lord said, no, I want you to do this. And then, you know, you just have to walk that out. You know, that's uncomfortable. I, I learned this about Jesus. He doesn't, he's not really, you know, after the comfort of my flesh over his will. <laughs> right? He just isn't. He wants me to obey him. You know, you know the thing about God is? He thinks he's God. 
you know what I mean by that? Do you understand what I mean by that? Like he actually thinks he knows it all. Because he actually... So who should I listen to more? My best friend? Or Jesus? All right. Let's scoot on a little bit further down here. There's more I could give you there, but I want to I get to a particular point here. Verse 61 says, And another also said also said to him, Lord, this is verse 61, I will follow you, but let me first go and what? Bid them farewell who are at my house. I believe one of the main reasons why God had Jesus share so much or so many strong statements concerning family is because he understood the strong pull that family has on us as an individual. It's true. Now, am I saying that the Lord will lead you to destroy what he created, which is a family? No. What am I saying? There has to be a level where Jesus sits that nobody else can sit. Do you see that? Now, is that easy to figure that out? It is not. It takes time to hear from the Lord, especially if your personality tends to be, I just want to be compliant. So think about it this way. If your personality tends to be lean toward, I just don't want to fight. Now, hear me out, because there's some balance here. What do I mean by that? I'm not saying that if your personality is that way, and somebody comes to you and says something opposite to you that you feel like the Lord wants you to do, that you should turn into punching mode. Well, I just got to balance my personality out. That's not balancing it out, Okay. What am I saying? I'm saying you need to take yourself into a private place where it's just you and the Lord and you need to lay before the Lord what's being presented to you even if it comes with a thus saith the Lord and then you need to open yourself up to the Lord and say, Lord, you rank higher than everybody else in my life. What are you telling me to do right now in my life? The Lord's direction in that will never be a that will never be something that will cause, um, will cause destruction to marriage, to the family unit, to children. It will never be any of that. In other words, the Lord's not going to give you a child and then go, now just abandon them and send them off somewhere because I'm going to send you over here and you can't, you don't, you're not going to raise that child anymore. That's not what he's doing. There's a balance in all of it. But how many realize this? that our children's desires can easily take the place and ascend over the Lord's desires in our life. And we can actually engage in things that our children desire that the Lord said, no, I don't want that for them right now. Watch, one last verse. Let's go over to Luke chapter 14. I might need to send out a separate video. Luke chapter 14, verse number 21, or verse number 21, verse number 26. And I want to conclude right here. 
This is gonna, this is gonna, you know, uh, stir up your soup. <laughs> How many remember alphabet soup? So when everything floats to the bottom, what do you gotta do? And then what comes to the top? Everything that was at the bottom. Guess what good preaching does? It'll stir you up, buddy. People are like, I don't know. I think I'm confused. You're only confused, or your, your place of confusion can be easily cleared up through going back over these scriptures and fellowship with the Lord. Because this is as clear as a bell. It is so clear. Now watch this. If anyone comes to me, who said this? Oh, I wonder if it's the same as John 3.16. In value. If anyone comes to me and does not read that word, his who? And, and, uh, and, 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 oh, and your own self. He won't be, he'll be an okay disciple. He cannot. Well, that's a rough word. I thought we weren't supposed to hate. <laughs> Some people are looking at me going, I know what it means. <laughs> the word actually means love less. But because of the translation, it, it comes through the way it's, but in the Greek, it means love less. So let's read it that way. If anyone comes to me and does not love less his father, mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Do you see that? In other words, those places of labeled love less, those, those individuals that are in the love less category can be a what voice in, in, in contradiction to the shepherd. Can be a stranger voice. That means I have to weigh those things out. It doesn't mean I don't love them. It doesn't mean they're not my blood. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't, you know, you, that you're not gonna do for them everything that the Lord has asked you to do. It means in levels of importance, Jesus ranks higher. Do you see that? We, stranger voices can lead us off track. Well, my kids wanna do this. Okay, that's fine. As long as the Lord says, it's okay to do it. Well, my spouse desires this. Great. Praise the Lord. That's okay. But who ranks higher? Jesus. Now, for those of us that are more soft in these areas, we're more compliant. Some of this may be a little bit easier. Or it may be harder on that side. For some of us, if, we're, if you're more rigid, like you tend to be a little more, you know, uh, black and white in the way that you operate, you can take these truths and really hurt people. I've done it. Can you imagine if I've done it or not? With how expressive I am, and I'm better than I used to be by a mile. You can ask my wife. But I could take these truths and I could turn it into nobody can tell me what to do. And I'm just rude and mean and I'm not even following the Lord. Did the Lord run around and just hack people to pieces? Well, I only do what God tells me to do and I'm gonna run you over in the process. 
No. But did he just allow everybody to lead him? He only allowed the father to lead him. So there is a level, there is, a, there is an empowerment of the spirit within us to be able to obey and walk these truths out through the fruit of the spirit without being offensive where we walk them out in obedience to the Lord and obey him. Listen, some of you are so enslaved to what other people think, you're, you're, you're violating this verse. You're so, you, you have such a level, not in Christ, but in your mind, you have such a level of insecurity about yourself developed and it's hindering the ability of God within you because you think you need the approval of everybody around you. And it's a, it's a lie. It's a stranger voice. And it's, it's actually a thing that hinders you from coming into the place of full development in the Lord. <clears throat> do you know what messages like this do? I'm sure you do. They make you look at you. You know what I realize about Jesus? You ever read through the Gospels and stuff and you look at it and you go, man, if you said that today, some churches would lose half their congregation. Not here, because we've been saying it all along. But if, if, if you preached what Jesus preached, it does not cater to the culture. And you look at these truths. Is Jesus full of hate speech here? What's he trying to do? Redeem the creation. Now, as believers, we know we're born again, but there's still redemption that needs to manifest in the natural. If, if, if you're going to get over the insecurity and fear of man, you've got to embrace the shepherd's voice and reject the stranger voice. So when somebody walks up to, me, walks up to you at work and they want you to do something, you know it's not right, but you, you have this, this uh, over, kind of overwhelming thought and, 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 and uh, almost feeling come up within you of, well, if, if I don't do this, they're not going to like me. Stranger voice. That's something in that moment you need to go, no, I'm not going to do that. In the, now, I'm not telling you, you have to tell the person this, but I'm not going to do that in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm going to follow you. You said that I was supposed to work unto my boss as unto you, and I know that you would not lead me to cheat my boss, to go behind their back and steal money and take time and do things I wouldn't. You're not going to lead me to do that, Lord, so I'm not going to do that, even though I will embrace them not liking me if it means I'm submitting to your love and my love is expressed to you. Ooh, did you see that? So how many, that's your desire. When it comes to family voices, man, I can love people and disagree. I don't have to agree. And I don't feel like I don't feel like I need to follow that family in order to have their acceptance. I have Jesus acceptance. And with that, I can be have my flesh crucified for their benefit. 
I know that's strong. We're going to have to grow there. I have to grow there. But this is what the Lord desires. And listen, this is the biggest key in all of it. Joy, you can come. This is the biggest key in all of it. As we individually grow, the level of freedom that you will enjoy in your life, where there have been chains in these areas, these bondage areas, where you have felt constrained in your life because stranger voices have taken over territory. It will break off. Now, I'm, I, Jesus never promised that if you got born again, you'd have a problem-free life. He just promised to be the solution to every problem. Man, don't you want that? Oh, I want that. I want that. I want God's voice to be so supreme and that I am so intertwined, of, of fully intertwined spirit, but soul and body to him that I become, even as the, as the scripture for this church declares in Ephesians 3, that I become a body wholly filled and flooded with God. You're so in tune with the shepherd that everywhere you go, they encounter the kingdom of God within you. I mean, that's where this goes. Oh, I'm so excited. People say, how could you be so excited about Jesus? You just don't know him if you ain't yet. Just keep, just hang out. Hang around, you'll find out. He does miraculous. He chose to identify with me. He chose. He looked down and he goes, I want to live in you. That is, you know, in our men's book, we just were reading through this. What's the greatest thing that we identify with him or that he identifies with? You. We all, every born again believer has the capacity to carry God like Jesus did. Now I know Jesus was God, I get it, okay? You understand, the example was given. Now we can't fulfill his call, because that, that, that call was on him, but we all have the capacity to carry God because of what Jesus did, the way Paul did, Peter did, John did. Come on, think about it. You have that capability. So while you're doing your little construction job and you're doing your little accounting job and you're doing your whatever job you do, I'm doing my preaching job and you're doing your mom job and you're doing your dad job and you're doing your raise the kids job and you're going to, you know, taking them to school and doing whatever you're doing. You're going to your little wrestling things and all your hunting things and all your, and while you're doing all of it, you need to go walk around going, I hear the voice of my shepherd. I am his sheep. I am a container of his glory. His ability lives within me. Everywhere I go, God treads. And if you'll think that way, you can have revival in the bank. Hello. I've proven it. I'm not just saying it. I've seen it when I was in construction. 
I walked onto a job, I was spending extra time in prayer. I was getting up at four in the morning before I had to go to the work and praying in the spirit and reading the word and all this stuff and just meditating on God's love in me. And I would go to this job site and it was the, the contractor was a Mormon and he would follow me around and cry. And he'd say, what is it with you? In fact, he was mad. He was a big old, name of the company was Pride Homes. Lord's breaking pride everywhere. You know, he was a big guy, still a friend of mine. He said, what is this? I said, it's God's love for you. He goes, nobody sees me cry. And I thought, I do. <laughs> he said, only my wife has seen me cry. And then I thought, and me too. <laughs> Why? You carry him. Come on, you carry him. Do you hate your family? Well, I love them less. Come on. Do you see it? Stranger voice. We're not trying to, we're not, we're not, we're not totally rejecting people. We're totally exalting Jesus. Does that make sense? Do you see it? Did you get anything? Good. Let's see if anybody needs Jesus. Bow your heads and close your eyes. If you would, I want to give people an opportunity. Altar care workers, you can come. If you don't have to move around, please don't. We want to have as much, as little distraction as possible. If you're in here today or if you're watching online and you've never received Jesus, you say, what do you mean by that? You don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven when you leave this earth, that God is your father and that you're a child of God. We know the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's desire for you is that you have everlasting life, that you know that you know that you know that you're saved before you leave. It's not a question in your mind. So if you've never received Jesus, what I want to do is just have you raise your hand where you're at because I want to pray with you. You can give your heart to Christ. Go ahead and raise your hand and I'll acknowledge you. Am I missing anybody? And we'll pray together. You see anybody online, Michael? Okay. Thank you. Okay, I don't see anybody, so that's good. That means we got opportunity, amen? You know, it, I say this all the time. If, uh, if you don't wanna bring them here and I'll preach Jesus to them, you can preach Jesus where you're at. Just make sure you bring them here so they can be a part of a church family. Get, to, get plugged in. Now, if you need prayer for anything else, we have prayer people available up here. If you need healing in your body, you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, anything, they can pray with you about that. How many receive from the word? You got something to chew on, right? You know, you should ask yourself questions. After you hear messages, you say, Lord, what do I need to see here? What needs to change? Let him speak to you, amen? Bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.